Alright, so basically this is your boy Santa Kamoa and I'm with my man, 50 Grand. Yo. It's me, Ricard Gino. Well, this is the third time we got to start over, but that's one of the things about going live. You know, all this stuff is unpredictable. Exactly. Basically, what keeps happening is the light that's flashing on us to keep the light bright is overheating the camera, which is the phone, which is weird. So it's like... We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But we're here with our two guests, Brother Dugan Sambert and Brother Juan Gutierrez. So Juan was talking about, um, I guess, the politics and workers' comp because he works as a paralegal for workers' compensation, and he was going into the details of that. Yeah, you guys could, uh, insurance companies are very smart, and um, uh, don't get me wrong, there's good people that work there, and there's people who try to, uh, make sure other people get help, but you know, in general, um, if they can save some money because they can find a reason to deny you, they probably will. Because um, I've seen a lot of cases denied where, where the person who told their boss got treatment within the first month, they go back to work working literally they're, they're, they're against their doctor's advice. Their job tells them you're working too slow, you gotta leave. And then when they try to start a workers' comp policy, I've seen insurance companies say. Um, your boss told me that, that, that you quit or you were fired because of insubordination, therefore we'll cover you medically, but we will not cover you financially. And that can be a very big hit for someone who has very significant injuries and can't do normal work. Because then you know, one, two, three months passes, and then you're facing eviction. Mm. I basically want to just ask you this. Um, have you ever seen somebody scam the system? Oh, not really. It's hard. It's hard to do. I just wanted to ask, because I know some people, unfortunately, I'm not trying to name names, but they, they, they get into accidents and stuff like that um, just to make money and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, I, I've seen people like in the streets that are like that. No, but they really do that, bro. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I mean, they do do that, but you know, it, it, with, with me and my practice, it all comes down to the evidence at hand. So if there if there's sufficient evidence, you know my my firm will represent. If there's if there's really nothing out there, and we really try to find in Spanish, there's a little term that the, that people use. Um, it's called finding the fifth leg of the cat when that leg is the tail. Mm. But basically, so 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 we, we, we go very very far um, to try to help people out. But you know if we can't figure it out, um, it's probably likely that they can't be helped. Definitely, definitely. I want to give a shout out to my man Patrick Petit from, from all the way from Florida who's watching us. We want to salute you, my brother. We love you and we appreciate you for watching and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk, let's do, let's dive a little bit into politics now, guys. So there's been a lot going on recently, especially with this new president. Um, there was a video recently about Mike Pence. He was at uh, the Colts game and versus uh, of the 49ers. Yeah ironically, and there were people in the stands that started to kneel, and he got upset, and he just got up and left. Like, what do you guys feel about that? Your thoughts. Go ahead. You, my man, what's your thoughts about that? Hey, my thought about that is nothing. I, I don't pay attention to what Donald Trump or Mike Pence are doing. Like, I pay attention to, like, uh, I pay attention to what's really going on. Like, I feel like Mike Pence or Donald Trump, like, they, they act as, they just act it out. Saying there's a greater agenda, you know what I'm saying, behind that whole taking me thing. So I don't pay much attention to that. So what do you think is the greater agenda? Like what do you think is really going on? Man, 
think is uh, like the secret agenda, you know, to, to bring martial law to this country, you know, to cause like a race war, whatever you want to call it. I feel like the government, whatever you want, they, they push for that. What would they get out of that, you think? I mean, ultimately, they want complete control. Mm, yo, you got to speak a little bit louder. They can't hear you. I mean, ultimately, they just want to complete control of it. So complete control. So that's why I don't pay much attention to it. Mm. So do you feel like they want complete control of the people? Absolutely. Martial law. So what do you think about that, one? You really love said. Go ahead. I think uh, a lot of this political stuff that we got fed is a lot of nonsense. It, it, in a way, I agree with you, mm -hmm. um, because I think a lot of what's given to us is not necessarily what we should be focused on. I think it takes the people's attention away yes. from what's truly important um, and from what they can truly change. So there's a lot of wasted energy in focusing on things like what Trump says, what Pence says, what they, what they do. For example, I mean... It, 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 it basically was a show. It basically was a show of what Trump did in the football game. But you know, how, what what effect does that have on your personal life? Um, instead of me spending thirty minutes of bashing on him on Facebook or whatnot, I could spend that thirty minutes on tutoring um, my little cousin on how to on how to learn a math problem, which would be much beneficial towards him and probably our community as a whole in the future. Um, things like that, and it, it's it's these little reactions to all this little drama that they create that they basically want us to focus our attention on. Like Trump and his administration at politics in general, um, they try to give you something that generates an emotional response. Then the media sees it and they, and they pick and choose what will garnish the most emotional response from their viewers. And then the viewers end up feeding them back with with the views and and, and the reposts and the and and the anger that yeah. that all, all in the meanwhile they forget well Puerto Rico still doesn't have food and water but but we're here talking about Pence walking out of a stadium Texas is still rebuilding Florida got hit re really hard other state others other hurricanes happening yeah. you know we forget about that so easily that because we're in this emotional. Um, tirade with with the rest of the world. Well, basically, I just, well, basically, I just want to basically say that the thing is that, like I said, um, so American soldiers basically um, died and sacrificed their lives for us for the freedom of speech. So we are entitled to need. We are entitled to express ourselves, you know, in in a respectable fashion, even in disobedience. So I don't see the big deal in regards to him walking out. You want to walk out? That's him. The thing is that it's more than just the flag. It's about, you know, white supremacy. We are named, we, I haven't watched NFL ever since because of the blackout. Um, it's because of white supremacy, it's because of racism, it's because over and over and over again, our people has been, um, been um, killed innocently. Um, colored people, regardless if you're Hispanic or you're black, um, they've been killed innocently by, by the hands of white supremacy. And that's pretty much the gist of it and stuff like that. So that's pretty much just what it is. But say, go ahead. I mean, I completely agree with you that um, everyone is entitled to their freedom of speech. I fully support the players in exercising their freedom of speech and um, the others in their response to that freedom of speech to you know, voice out against it. It's your freedom to use your voice. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, regarding the general message, I do you know feel the same as the message. To there's too much police brutality. Yeah. What I would honestly like to see more often is that people refer back to that general message 
And not just that, use it in terms of how police brutality affects all races because it does affect all races. There, uh, um, there, there was um, a video I saw, I, for, I completely forgot the name. This was about a month and a half ago, but basically it was a blind, no, no, not blind, a deaf man coming out of his home. A police officer is yelling at him with his gun pointed at this guy, telling him to, to stop walking towards him, to stop. The neighbors are yelling at him, at the police officer, telling him he's deaf, he can't hear you. So the person is just continuously walking towards the police officer, and he ends up getting shot and killed. Be wow. Because wow. How recent this? This is, this is um, about a month and a half ago. I saw on a on a news article, uh, video online. But you know, this happens more often to more to more people and and people all all across the place. And I, what I would want to hear more from all groups is how it affects all groups mm -hmm. of people. Because one, once you start mentioning and showing that all groups are affected, it really becomes an issue that the cops have to deal with, not with just a specific group, but with the populace as a whole. Uh, I was going to say, ironically, earlier I was watching a video on, on you, Facebook. I saw this Jewish guy got pulled over and the cop was barking at him. Like, I couldn't believe it. You know, Jewish people, you know, their status, you know, they, you know, you know Jewish people's status. Yeah. It's not too often they get pulled over by cops and stuff like that. Like, cops, cops barking at him, you know. It was no type of slur, you know, curse words. Or I was shocked because I never, I never seen that before happen to a Jewish person, a rabbi too. I don't know if you noticed it. Even at on city the other day too, there was a couple of like um, Jewish restaurants, um, Jewish businessmen. They received letters receiving swastikas. I did see that. Yeah, what's what, what's going on? What's up with that? Like, what's going on over here in New York? And for for this, it's something that uh, a lot of people. Um, Recognize, don't think about too much. It's something called the power of the uh, bully pope or bully pope. is basically the power of the person in charge. This, the way that they um, that they speak, it's, it's like an unwritten power of the president. Yeah. Because when the president speaks, the world listens. Yeah. Um, and and depend and based off of that fact, everything that the president speaks is always reflective of the culture and what and was acceptable of the culture. And it, even though Trump's I mean, I don't know where his heart is, honestly. You sure you don't know where his heart is? You don't uh, see? It, it, it's not for me to decide. It's not for you to decide, especially if you're seeing action. So, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, like, obviously, I have big disagreements with a lot of things that he does and a lot of things that he says. But, but I also see that a lot of the things that he says is misconstrued in the in the lens of the media. Okay, like what, for example? Um, like, like he, he might have a very bad way of saying. That that he enjoys like having X person be in, be in the room with him, but the media might portray that as him not liking that person. No, of course. I mean, listen. I don't want this to be clear. There are things that he did that I like. For example, I said that he did an excellent response with Texas. You got to give him. I mean, I didn't vote for him. You know what I'm saying? I wanted Bernie. You know what I'm saying? So I got to just be clear upon that. But you got to give credit when credit is due. I believe that even if you disagree with a person or if you don't like their, you know, the, the way that they carry themselves. But I definitely liked the way he responded to um, to to Florida. I liked the way he responded to to um, to uh, to Texas as well too. I also like that he's up front. You know what I'm saying? He got he got voted because he was up front. And I think that there are people who um, just doesn't get that. That he got voted, that he was up front, and that he's sincere. He's not a politician. You know what I'm saying? He's a businessman. So I, I, I respect that he's honest enough to tell you, listen, this is how I feel, and this is what it is. Instead of a politician telling you something else 
saying something, but you're saying something else. He's so very, I really respect that. I was going to say, he's very blunt, straightforward. Blunt, straightforward. So I appreciate that 100%. And I think that politicians need to learn that. And that's why I respect Bernie, too, because Bernie's the same way, too. He speaks the same way, and Bernie's consistent with his policies. So I salute, and I think that we need a lot of politicians to just be upfront, be real, because people want that. People want somebody who can speak to the common man. And he speaks to the common man. But so I think I think where Juan was trying to go with it is that Juan was basically saying that like the atmosphere that Trump created was the atmosphere where like racist racist people are not shunned. Like they're yeah. no, that's true. It's easy for people to be blunt and say whatever the hell they want because the president is blunt and saying whatever. Of course, the hell of course. But the want. thing is that it, it, it's also the control. It 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 it, it the, this vote was um, like um, Van Jones said, it was a backlash. It was a backlash. You want to say that? Um, I, I, I can say that that's a part of it, but I don't think that's all of it. Of course. And Hillary, too, adding to that as well. To they want to learn. A lot of America, especially middle of America, quote-unquote white America, they expressed that they wanted to make the White House white again. And that was their sentiments, and that's how they felt. A lot of people felt like there's a lot of people that want Obama back. A lot of people say, we want Obama back, Obama come back. Obama's like, nah, you can kiss my, you can kiss my behind. Because oh, oh, Obama received a lot of disrespect. Oh, he did. He was valid. While he was president. Cut off many times. Not, not only from Americans, but from other leaders around the world. And he was the most diplomatic. You look at Bush, you look at Trump. I guess the, the person who was more, who was, as diplomatic as Obama previously would probably be, I would say Clinton. But we had we had Bush. I say Carter. Carter. Okay. I say Jeff K. Yeah, Jeff K. Jeff K. was very diplomatic. Yeah, but then you look at Bush. Bush did a horrible job, but in the media, no one really disrespected Bush. No, they did not. They, they Bro, you forgot they threw a shoe at him. Yeah, they threw a shoe at him. <laughs> that was in a different country. Iraq. Obama, Obama it was people who did not even want to shake his hand. That's true. And then. Bush gave him a handshake and used hand sanitizer right afterwards. Who? George Bush. Wow. That's real. That's real. But you about to say something. Go ahead, my man. I'm sorry. Nah, it's all right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so so to pretty much elaborate on that point, um, so let me give you a few examples. Um, Trump might say that the white person, that in the white supremacist rally that there were a few good people around there. Um, while at the NFL players, he's very openly with calling them SOBs. Which is, which to me is like, okay, you know, one one section we went to war against, the other section is just American citizens voicing their opinion, and and that that that's very telling to me. Another another example is his um, demeanor, for example, during the election season when he was telling protesters and and, and his supporters to beat up a, so a protester, it's okay. I'll pay your medical bills. Numerous times. It, it, it invites and incites violence and, and a feeling of security amongst people, even if he disagrees with them. It, he's inviting them to feel secure in their position because if they incite, if they hit someone or if they incite violence or, or do this, they might have the idea that Trump might have their back. Even though if he does or he doesn't, it doesn't matter because the fact is that there's more people um, Acting upon the racist tendencies. Oh, can I ask you a question? Now go ahead, bro. Yeah, my question is like, yes. do you think Trump is good or bad for America, and why? Let's speak a little loud. Rick Ross said this. Rick Ross said that he's happy that Trump is president because 
we have to build, we have to destroy before we elevate. As in, Trump forces people to acknowledge America for what it really is. Because if it wasn't for Trump, people would still be lying saying America's not racist. Yeah. There would be a lot of people still saying America's not racist, America's not racist. Now at this point, you can't say America's not racist. Mm. You can't say that. So I think Trump is good in that sense. Um, another person once said that, oh, I think Trump is good because since Trump's been good, look at Wall Street, the, the economy been booming, everything is good, everybody, everything went up. Maybe, but I don't know. But that's through Obama, though. That's still through Obama. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to Bush, like, I mean, Trump made America the laughing stock of the world right now. Nice. Like, everybody's laughing at us. Like, when I come in contact with people from other countries and other places, they're all laughing at us. They're like, look at America. Like, how did this happen? But only in America can this happen. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Only in America, a businessman who's a billionaire that was spoon-fed his whole entire life that has no regards for women, no regards for people of color, supports white supremacy and racism, and, and his prejudice against immigrants and everything else, even though his wife is an immigrant. And on top of that, like, he creates this, he creates this atmosphere where it's okay to do and say certain things, and he's the president. Like, what does that say about us? But I feel like we had to have something like this happen so that we could acknowledge it. Before we had Obama, like, America can't be racist, you got a black president. But now what? Absolutely, I completely agree with what you're saying. Mm. Well, like everything needs a balance. Like with Obama, I feel like America was asleep for a while, especially. It was too comfortable. Yeah, people exactly people too comfortable. Too, too comfortable with Obama. I feel like Donald Trump is great for black people. I mean, it's a wake up call. But a lot of black people need to get up off their behind and go to work and put in some work too. Because with Trump, he he seems like he's not giving you guys no handouts. I feel like. No, he's not getting no problem. I got agree. Yeah, actually, black people it needs to do for themselves. I mean, build their own community. Be self-sufficient. Don't wait for this government to to spoon feed you. They not gonna food food feed you because they not about that. Okay, how how do you guys feel about this? Like, I heard that black people don't have com- communities. They have neighborhoods. As in, there's a Jewish community where you go to a Jewish community, you see a Jewish restaurant, a Jewish school, a Jewish supermarket. Yeah. You go to Chinatown, you see Chinese restaurant, Chinese jewelry store, Chinese medical, Chinese lawyers. You go to um, different things, and you'll see all that in one spot. Mm-hmm. But we never see that in the black community or in the Spanish community. No, no, you see that in the Hispanic community, do you? You, you do. You see, see that in the Hispanic community, okay. yeah. So, so I guess not in the black community. Because if you go into a black community, you don't see a black-owned supermarket, a black law office, a black, a black. You don't even see a black-owned corner store that often. Now you don't. Like the most you see is like a black, like Jamaican spot or a roti shop. I mean, we had that. Black Wall Street. You don't know about Black Wall Street. Yeah, but come on, bro. Everybody always refers to Black Wall Street. That's one place in one part of time. There's people that's been replicating their community over and over and over. You have a Chinatown in Queens. You got a Chinatown in Manhattan. You got a Chinatown in Brooklyn. Like, you got a Chinatown all the way in San Francisco and L.A. You got a Chinatown all the way. Chinese people are not going to say, oh, yeah, we had a Chinatown 10 years ago in this spot called, oh... <laughs> um, Chinese Wall Street. No, like black people always dwell on the one accomplishment that they had. What about the multiple accomplishments that you got to understand? Like the China, like the Chinese people, like they, they black Wall Street wasn't destroyed. Like, you got to understand, like black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was an act of terrorism. Those yeah, people were bombed, of course. You know but we always been victim of terrorism. But the thing is, 
what stopped us from rebuilding? Why haven't we done it again? Like, black people alone and the amount of money that we spend is at what, 23 billion? That's true. Year? I think uh, a lot of this is trust. Trust in um, the community and the people around you. Um, because from what I, from, and this is not, this is from what I've seen, this is from what I've um, noticed. No. Hispanics, they're, they're a lot more willing to pool their money in with other people to build, to start a business. The same goes for Chinese people, same goes for a lot of other people. With a lot of people in the African American community, I see a, a, a little bit of resistance to do that, um, be it because of the area or, or where to build it. Um, it all, and and it's, there's also a lot of socioeconomic things involved in there, such as, you know, if you're a minority, you're, you're looked at successful if you go work in, in the real world, for example, as opposed to reinvesting back in your community. Because you might be having a six-figure for salary in Wall Street, while in your community, you might get there in 10 years, as opposed to right off the bat. Mm. And you have student loans you have to pay for, you got parents and family to take care of, who might very possibly are coming from difficult conditions. And you want to make sure you take care of your family first. Mm. So it's so it's the difficulty that I see here is because we have a lot more on our plate to take care of immediately that we can't so directly plan for the long term. Wow. Um, because if we do that, that's putting other people's real lives at stake. So what would you, so what would you say, like, black folks doesn't trust each other? Um, no, um, we don't. In terms of financial investment towards each other's goals. No, we don't. I think it's just, I think it's just a few, and I think that us being here today in a consistent basis, what we're doing, coming together, laying aside our pride, I think in itself, it's, it's a change. But the thing is, they, all right. Now, it's real. You're talking real talk. Mistrust between people of color was created. It's not something that was naturally made. So you're saying? It's in the sense that, like, okay, we were taught to trust other people than ourselves. i give you a perfect example, right? At work, like, at my job now, like, I'm, uh, I help people that's, that's currently in housing courts. So, like, I help manage their case to resolve their housing crisis. So at times, new workers might come and I would have to train them. Majority of my clients are black and brown people, but majority of my coworkers are white, as in I'm the only black guy there. So when people come and I have to train them, they come and they sit with me, as in like they're an apprentice under me because I'm training them. Mm. But when I get a client, the client will look and voice their concerns to the person that is white, not to me. As in, like, they'll turn and speak to them before they speak to me. Why think it's that? I don't. Let's keep it real. Keep it real. Let's keep it real. To keep it real I, I, is I they trust that color to get things done for them before they'll trust me. Even though I'm more qualified than that person, their natural instinct is like, okay, I, I'm a person of color and then I have a burden. Let me go to the white man. That's a peasant mindset. Yeah. It's got to be clear on that. I mean, so I think slavery. Any person was business. Go ahead. Uh -huh. I think slavery... Willie Lynch and Jim Crow law has anything to do with that. Of course. Yeah, I agree. Of course. Definitely. Of course. 100%. Of course. I agree. Wow. That's so crazy. Black folks was conditioned not to trust each other, but to, try, but to trust the white man. No, that's true. I honestly find it insulting, too, because, you know, me being an educated man that, that's a college graduate and everything else, mm. like, I... I'm overly qualified sometimes in certain situations. That's true. So to be judged based solely based on the color of my skin, I take offense to that. I take offense to that too. I agree.
And and and, and I want to just add too. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the 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 latest Jay Z interview that he had, um, talking about the album. He basically said he doesn't understand how is it that as black people we don't support each other in in a magnitude. And I I respect what he's doing. I respect what Swiss salute to Swiss Beats, salute to Timberland, support salute to P Diddy. All those big entrepreneurs who are showing trends. Listen, let's um, put our heads together and become one. We can make it happen and everything like that. I like also uh, what I also saw too, especially we talked about the title thing. When Jay started the title thing, he didn't really have problems with, with white folk, you know, opposing what he was doing. It was mainly black folk. Like, okay, like we already got Spotify, we already got um, um, Apple. Apple. Why do we need another um, another 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 um, streaming? And the thing is that he's all about entrepreneurship, and he's also also helping artists as well to to take control over their music. So, and and our people are the ones that are against him, which makes no sense. And it's really just you know the Willie Lynch mindset is 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 crabs in a bucket, crabs in a bucket mindset. But the thing is that we coming together, we are here to 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 teach people. We're here to empower people that we have to be better. Um, I want to give a, sh- uh, a couple of people uh, watching us. I want to give a shout out to Jerry Michelle, my uncle, and um, my man Michael Joseph. Um, my man Jerry Michelle says other groups study us and see we don't invest in each other. So guess what? They ride on that. Would you guys agree upon that? Absolutely. Of course. Why is that? Perfect example, like the the Korean selling here, weave in our neighborhoods. Yeah, of course. And every time I go to the hood, East New York, Brownsville, like, and we always, can't tell the difference Korean. between Koreans and Chinese anyway. <laughs> Facts, but Facts. they know the difference between each other. Yeah, they always got the Chinese stores, the the, the corner stores, the Arabs. Of course, you got the Koreans with the hairs, you know. And you know what's crazy? Nah. they respect each other. They're like, okay, Koreans, you get the, you get the hair, Chinese, you get the Chinese food store, and this one get the dry cleaning. It's like they cutting up our hood. For themselves, then they Facts. can get a piece, and we left with nothing. We the, we the consumers, exactly. Facts. Blacks are the biggest consumers, but the most smallest reproducers, like the providers. Like Basically, I want to say this. They said, okay, my brothers, we know there's a problem in the black community. We need to bring solutions to the table. Let's not bring the problem to the table. Let's bring solutions. Definitely. Well, first and foremost, I want to basically say this. Um, I want to just make a quick announcement. Um, this solution that we're bringing to the table, my man... Um, Gerard Fenor, he's a chef, and um, we are coming together to start up a restaurant by next year. So if anybody wants to support us um, by taking a loan, um, let's talk. That's a solution right there. So for those who are watching, you want to make that happen, that's a solution right there. Also, too, we have the show right here. We're promoting black businesses. We're promoting not only just black businesses, we're just promoting everyone. Um, for entrepreneurship, we're talking positivity. We need your dollars because we're trying to do a lot of different initiatives. So for those who, who are talking about like bring solutions, we want people to contribute in what we're doing. We want people to participate in what we're doing because we're all about promoting the community. And that's what we want and stuff like that. So I know me and Ricard, we're all about supporting people. We're all about helping people. We're asking people for whoever want to join this movement and what we're doing. 
inboxes and show us participation because I've noticed that in our community there's a lot of smoochers, there's a lot of talkers, there's a lot of bed bugs. You understand what I'm saying? You know what bed bugs do? They just suck you up. You understand? So we need people. Please. We need people to contribute and participate because the thing is that we're doing something positive. We're not doing something negative. So that's one of the solutions that we could bring into the table. So I'd like to add two things. Cycle that blacked out. Yeah. So I'd like to add two things to that. One, um, like my boy here said, ways to support this is both contributing and participating. Yes. So. A like, a share, that'll that'll be big because that'll that'll bring this voice and this channel to other people who might yes. have some funds that you do not. Um, that's one. And then another and a solution. Um, you know, if we're talking about solutions, I want to see more participation within the minority community. I'm talking about Hispanics, African Americans, Asians. Yes. Into, into the community board meetings of of the of your local like district. And they don't because go to them. That's true. They don't I agree. go to them. They don't go to them. So so if you don't show up to the table, how do you expect your voice to be represented? Do you expect the one person that one thousand people spoke to to speak up when there's fifty other representatives in the room and and then there's a hundred, two hundred, three hundred citizens just sitting there and the only people who are showing up are the people who actually care about what gets done over there. If your voice isn't there, how do you expect your voice to be heard? Another thing too, like I don't like the that we call ourselves minority. Like if you really look at it, if you put us together, like the blacks, we're the majority. We are we yeah we are the majority. majority. I'm saying like the Bible call us. We are the sand of the sea. No, we are the majority. The reason why you see all of these these acts of violence towards colored people, and it isn't just the black, it's also Hispanics as well too, is because of the myth factor in a couple of years. The fact is the fact. The truth is the truth. This is the real word. You feel me? Whites are not going to be the majority no more in America. They, and that's the reality. They never was the majority. They never. We are. That's true. The minority. What do you think they put they put, what do you call that again, in our neighborhoods? What do you call that? Uh, Liquor stores? They kill the black babies. They put, uh, what did they put? What do, you, what do you call that in our neighborhoods? Uh, they kill, kill the black babies. The, babies well, abortion the abortion clinics? The abortion clinics, yeah. To kill the black babies. What do you think they do that? Yeah. I read something about wow. parenthood does... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah, the person that helps start Planned Parenthood... They were actually a supporter of Adolf Hitler. Margaret Singer. Margaret Singer, that was her name. Yeah, and they actually applied the same principles. They said that abortion clinics kill hundreds of thousands of colored babies every day. Mm. And they dump them into a dumpster. Mercy. And it's like, you know, it's, it's self-genocide because we're promoting ourselves. It's not like this is something that's being forced upon you or something. Yeah, it's promoted, but it's, it's by choice. Wow. Um, the thing is that I um, I had a friend of mine today. He basically told me um, that we should do a soup kitchen for next month. Um, I said okay. Um, I said we're not doing a soup kitchen. Last year we um, we paid for 18 families for their groceries and stuff like that. And this year we giving out free turkeys. I said okay. You know what? I had to call in person. Be like listen. In all honesty, I wanted to just let you know. Um, we're making an initiative to give it back to the community. We don't want any smooches. And listen, um, help us to collect money or get turkeys for us. For um, next month, we're giving out free turkey. So we want people to participate. We want people to contribute. We want people to make a difference in the community. And this is a platform. Every Monday, I gotta just yo. Let, let, let's cut my hands for Ricard, man. <laughs> the sacrifice that he has made here, the dollars he has spent. 
I want to just salute this brother right here because he's doing a very, very, very good job. Because, you know, I, I told you guys I'm not into 30-minute specials or fake eulogies. We need more brothers like this in the community, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 um, to continue to, to, to bring a, a child. So this opportunity is for you guys. It's to bring a movement. You guys are watching us, but we, just, we want more than just watchers. We want people of, of action and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask each and every one of y'all this serious question. Right? Yes. We all successful in our own right. When you guys were younger, what made you want to become a success versus selling to be a failure? Start off with one. It really just came down to my mom. You know, she, it, it, we had a tough time growing up. My dad wasn't with us, it was just her. Two very uh, hungry kid, um, boys um, who literally ate everything in the fridge whenever she put something in there. And she would literally, I would watch her wake up at like 6 a.m., get us ready, go to work, not come back until like 9, 10 o'clock. Mm. Um, after I come back home from school, like my dinner is already made. I just got to put it into the microwave. Yes. And I'm just like, so So in, in the time span of a day, she made me breakfast. She she clothed me. She um, prepared me prepared for school. She prepared her stuff. And and I hate waking up in the morning, so, so I know that that's not easy uh, <laughs> to, to do um, with, with two kids. Then she made us dinner. Um, put it into a container. Then, then she went to work. Then she came back tired, and then she cleaned up all my mess. And then, and then she'll do the same thing for my the next God. 15 years. And, and just seeing her, um, the work that she put in, and the motivation that she would give me, and then my aunts too. God bless them, seriously, because they are incredible, incredible um, women. They pretty much became the, the cornerstones of my life. Like, be successful, you know, study, read, um, do what you got to do, but you know, just make sure that you take care of your mom um, when all is said and done. And you know, that, that just ended up becoming my goal and the foundation for what I do. Wow, um, that's amazing. For me, um, just relating to you, um, my mom is still a home attendant, seeing her being home attendant, doing two, three jobs, making sure that there's food at the table, um, whatever we needed, she provided, um, sacrificing a lot, being a single parent. Dealing with a lot because, you know, there's a stigma in the Haitian community when a woman is single. Dealing with that. Um, also, too, um, losing um, a lot of my friends from gun violence, from the prison system, um, from drug activity. Um, also, too, um, literally um, one summer bearing 20 friends from gun violence, uh, which was very traumatic. Wow. And I think that's the reason why I, I, I go hard with this love thing so, so, so much because it was very traumatic for me losing friends back to back to back to back because I'm from Crown Heights, Brooklyn. You know how it is. People be putting that work. And also to seeing the, the, the stigma in this, this, this constant cycle. This is constant cycle. You know, brothers, brothers are getting involved in the wrong type of things and, and getting four, five different girls pregnant at the same time and going to prison. It's just the same cycle, the same cycle, the same cycle. And for me, I look at it as, 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 as not just a man of God or as a pastor, but just as, as a brother that I have to stay there to bring my people, my hood, to the next level. You know what I'm saying? And to inspire them and to motivate them to, to, to being better and to wanting better. Because it's more than just, you know, getting involved in the same cycle and you get the same results. But just doing something different 
and, and bettering your people. And that's why we are here, to inspire you guys and to touch the lives of those who have lost hope, who have, who have, who have given up to be better and to do better. And that's pretty much it. Uh, with me, it's pretty much the same thing as you guys. But one thing is this: like, I wanted to, you know, break the break the cycle of poverty. You mean, like, yeah. You know, my growing up, my parents we ain't have much, but they always did what they had to do, you know, to have food on the table, mm. you know, house over our head. But, but I, I go hard, basically, because I wanna, like, when I have kids, I wanna, I wanna make sure they have the things that I never had. I wanna leave them a, a better, you know, better legacy. You know what I'm saying? So they can, so they can be comfortable, well off. Basically, that's it. No, something that I wish I saw more in all of our communities was a celebration of our local heroes. Mm. It's not something that we do often enough. We we look at the past a lot. We look at the big ones, and then we get caught up in the drama, and we forget, you know, the the people who have been with the community for the last 20 years, providing and doing things. Um, you know. I, I wish we would be able to celebrate more of their work, and if even if it's not the person, but like the person and their mission, and try to share that with other people and try to amplify that. Because honestly, I do believe that there's a lot of people out there helping each other out. That's true. It's just not, and, and, they're, and they're not getting noticed, unfortunately. They're not, they're not because because there's too much noise. That's true. There's too much noise. I agree. There's way too much noise with, with news media, the internet, Facebook, um, you you name it. Literally, it's just information overload. And then you you come home stressed at night because you know you got bills. The the news makes it sound like the nation is under fire. Um, your your A, B, and C problems are not getting resolved. And then um, the good that's happening is just not being noticed because there's so much thing that's so much louder. But it's out there. It's out there. That's this true. is this is out here. There's, there's many other people out there. That's and, true. And and what we try to do is try to. Bring more of those people together. I agree. And try to like amplify the good that's out there because there's a lot of good out there from, yeah. from a lot of people. Exactly. Like like-minded people needs to get together. Yes. And this is what we're doing. This is this is a this is a start, and we need we need more of that. So like I said, anybody you know, anybody you know, let's 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 make it happen. I'm with it. Gotta be a one accord. I agree. And we need to stop hating on each other. Like I agree. I can't stand that. It's especially in the Haitian community, bro. I can't stand that. Like, and this is why we are in the, the place that we are in. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 we gotta stick together. Cause if we don't stick together, we don't support each other. We gotta help each other. If, uh, we don't stick together. We don't help each other. We're gonna die. I just had to add. I'm so sorry about the passion, yeah, my G. I'm just saying that. Facts. A lot of, a lot of people, especially people of color, like they hate each other to the point where they don't want to work together. They don't want to be, you know, united. Like, a lot of us have low self-esteem, but big facts. Egos. Facts. Like we, we like to front like we believe in ourselves, but we don't believe in each other. And we, I always said we in competition with each other too. Yeah, that? exactly. We spending money we don't have just to compete with the next person. Yeah, that's not keeping bad. up with the Joneses. But please, people you don't like. But let me tell you something. It is possible. It is possible. The thing is that we need to we need to change this 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 president and this negative mindset. Because let me tell you something. This guy right here had his own influence. You understand? I had my own influence. You understand? We saw the bigger picture. We could lay aside our ego and just see the bigger picture. You understand? We said, you know what? Let's come together as one and let's make a difference. And it's only been four months. 
So my brothers and my sisters who's watching, lay aside your ego, lay aside your pride, lay aside yourself, and let's come together. Because let me tell you something. You see the Jews, when they do things together, they come by blocks. You see how they come like by the masses. We can all make a change if we lay aside our ego. Absolutely. So let me ask you guys a question, right? Yes. Like, what's, what's your guys' end game? As in, like, if, if you were to consider yourself successful and would consider yourself to have made it, what would be your description of success? Let's start off with Dukas. Oh, snap. My definition of success is my family's well off. Like, everybody's good, everybody got a house, cars, food, fridge, everybody. That's my definition of success, making sure my family, friends, they well off. And how would you give back? get back by teaching them. You know what I'm saying? You can lead a horse to like this. You can lead a horse, horse to water, but you can't force a drink. Horse. Yep. Just teaching them. You know how to get it. You know what I'm saying? If I give it to you, you ain't yes. going to appreciate it. But if I teach you how to get it, you're going to appreciate it much more. Facts. Not only that, it's a domino effect. You're going to teach your cousin. You're going to teach your brothers. Facts. You know what I'm saying? It's a domino effect. So, yeah. What about you, Sanders? In agreement, with what he says, um, I want to buy Ricardo a car, you feel me? <laughs> I want to buy Ricardo a house, I want to take Ricardo shopping, and I want to take my brother shopping. But in regards to what you're saying, um, Eric Thomas says that it's so easy to become a millionaire. But can we create 10 to 15 millionaires, you feel me? It's easy to buy a person a car. Um, it's easy to buy a car, but can you buy 15, 20 people a car? And I want to be on that timing. Um, what I want to be able to do, and I see that you guys are on the same wavelength, is I want to be able to create entrepreneurs, create business people, and, and put people on and stuff like that. And, um, and also, too, while we are blessed financially, we also want to give back to the community. You know what I'm saying? And I, just, I, I loved what um, J-Lo and Fat Joe and, and Jay-Z is doing. Um, they see that the president was slow in responding to, to help Puerto Ricans because of the color of their skin, unfortunately. And they made the initiative to lay aside their money to give back. So that's what I would love us to do on a larger scale. Self-sufficient. Yeah. What about you, Juan? What's success to you? Success for me, um, it's really just making sure that my family is taken care of and, and Facts. my friends are doing well and that the, and that the community is doing well. Um, and obviously I can't do all at the same time. Facts. And, and not all will come at this, um, in, in possibly maybe in my lifetime, but that's the goal, you know, right? You, you got to live with that goal in mind. So, so, like, success for me in the community is where if I'm successful, I, I'm probably not working any, uh, anymore because I have to, but because I want to. And what I would want to do would probably be like a, a, a simple part-time um, plus community service on top of that. And things that I would probably want to inject into um, our communities would be things like business, um, learning how to build a business from scratch. Because all the times I've seen uh, um, the ambitious sides of people in our communities that they go out, they invest their money, they're successful for a year or two, and then they lose it all. Oh, it's almost like clockwork. And, 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 the, and, and the reason that they lose it all is, is for a number of things. They, they spend more, more than this coming in because they, because they didn't do a budget. Um, they, they hire people that end up disrupting the flow that, that made them successful. They um, start putting things in there that doesn't allow, allow the business to grow. 
they, they don't look into innovations that other companies are doing um, that allows them to grow, and then they just get weeded out. Um, I, I don't want to see that happen because there's only so many people that are willing to put all on the table and start a business and just and just hope it goes somewhere. That that I don't want those people losing it after a year or two. You know. So basically, they ignorant of proper economics, proper teaching. Yeah. Basic economics. My definition of success, um, when I was young, I thought success was like living in a big house and driving a fancy car and all that other stuff, which is cool, but like, I feel like in life, I've had different stages of success so far, I could say. Like a lot of things that I thought that I would never be able to accomplish, I was able to do so, as in like, I was able to purchase a car, I was able to, to pay rent, I was able to pay for a wedding. I was able to travel to different countries and to different places and see different things. And I was able to like have some level of success and bring my friends with me. As in, I shared success with you, Juan. I shared success with Sanders. I shared success with Dukins. Like, and the people that haven't made it to my level as of yet, they can see me as inspiration because I came from where they, where they came from or where they're still at. That's true. So like, and I always, I always share my stories with everybody, the, the 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 good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, I don't really sugarcoat anything. I always tell people, yeah, I went through difficulties, yeah, I went through hardships, yeah. My life used to be crazy. Like, even sometimes I still drive through Bushwick. I'm like, yo, I used to live right there in that house where the ceiling fell down and the big rat fell into the toilet. I remember, like, wearing Fila sneakers until the sole came out, and I had to rip the top off the cereal box to make the sole so my feet wouldn't get wet. Wow. I remember putting my hand into the cereal box and then the ratchets would run up my run up my arms and I had to pick the roaches out of the cornflakes. I remember we was on wick checks and we would get the like the juicy juice in the can. You had to punch the holes at the top with the knife. Wow. I remember like I didn't see my real paper dollar until the age of ten. Like I used to be on food stamps where you got the little brown ones, the red ones, the green sure. ones and a lot of different things. Like I remember, like going to church and you have the suit that's like three times the size of you because it's, it's supposed to it's supposed to last you like now they fit it, baby, and we looking good, boy. <laughs> it's supposed Fast. to last you like five, ten years, bro. I remember, I remember getting nothing new. Everything went hand me down or or like thrift shop or like the used stores where you buy like the thrift shop clothes and they itch you. Now now they they make it cool to buy. Thrift shop, Sal Salvation Army stuff, but back then, like you had no choice but to do it. So when y'all see me shining and designer, y'all wanna hate? Like, come on, bro! I've been, I've been through all of that. Like, yes. And I, and I work hard. And it's like I didn't only put myself on; I took my whole team with me. And it's like a lot of people they don't do that. Like they don't give back. And that's why I appreciate you, man. We need more of that, bro. Respect, baby. Everything you see on the show, like I always tell y'all, like it's paid out of pocket. That's none, true. None of this is a handout. Even us right now that's in true. this place, like paying for this place like the phone we paying for that phone service like all of this stuff is not for free that's true but we give it to you guys for free out of love because this is what legacy is you that's know right. when i'm gone you could go online and see all the things that i've done and all the things that i did you could go back and ask like a hundred people okay did you know ricard They're like yeah and they could tell, they could give you a memory about me, positive or negative. But I hope it's more positive. It's positive. What you mean? It's positive. And yes. 
And that's what success is. Watch yourselves. And that's what success is. And that's what yes. legacy is. Like leading the foundation for those that come after you. Like I might not, I might not make a million in my lifetime. I hope to, but if I don't, there's gonna be people that came after me. Now we will, or someone that's associated with me that's gonna hit that million. Hopefully, my children know I could leave tools for them that could help them to build that. Yes. But like, I don't know. I I think God is good because if a year, two, two years, three years, four years, five years ago, if you told me I'll be here today, I wouldn't even believe you. Mm. So like, and all of this is through the. Through the grace and glory of God and, and not through me because I'm no one. That's real. So with that being said, I just want to just say to each other, let's support one another. Let's build one another. I think we definitely need to have a conversation after this and see what is it that we can do together. Because you guys are some solid, upstand brothers.